This is episode eight of You've Been Gilmored with Mary and Blake. It didn't fit. It needs to fit. Believe me. He'll find someone amazing one day. Yeah. And so will you. Hey. What's going on in there? I'm gonna remember it all. Every detail. Mom? Yeah. I'm pregnant. All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome back to You've Been Gilmore. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Gilmore Girls on Netflix. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and a pint of ice cream and enjoy the show. Hey everybody and welcome. My name is Mary Larson. And my name is Blake. And it's been a while, I think, since we have done this show, and I really feel like we've done it a, dis- a disservice. Um, and uh, we are coming back, we are here, and I-, I don't think it's a minute too late, to be honest. I We had a chance to re-watch it last night, and uh, I do apologize for uh, being so late with it, but, you know, we I think we wanted time for it to sit with us, and... Um, and of course, after many, many emails and many, many Facebook messages of people being like, hey, where was fall uh, from the last recording? Uh, we realized that we probably should have got it done a little bit sooner. But you know what? I'm happy that we waited this long uh, because I felt like, at least for me, um, when we watched fall originally, uh, I was a fan. I I enjoyed it. But I think I... I was just in the steamrolling mode of watching every single episode yes. and I expected something different. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but now that I've had a chance to step back and push away from the table and uh, here we are now um, and we're, I'm able to look at it kind of with open eyes, I feel a lot better about it. How about you, my darling? What do you, what do you feel about our, about our, uh, our pause you know, for you've been Gilmore. I'm glad I did a pause. And if you guys have not yet rewatched Fall, if like you watched it the first time and you've been waiting for this podcast episode and you haven't rewatched it a few times, do yourself a favor and rewatch it mm-hmm. and see how you feel about it. Because I know for me, Fall became, Mom, I'm pregnant. That's what Fall was the first time I watched it. Right. And I would that's agree. what I left with. And, and that's what I was, we played at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah. And for many people, that was the finale of the finale of the Gilmar Girls. And that was it. And that was the, the last lasting taste on our mouth. And that was a hard lasting taste to bear for a lot of people. Not just because maybe people didn't like it, but because it was a big WTF moment. And I feel like we didn't get to savor all of fall until right. we really let it simmer for a while. And that's what I needed before I got to podcast about it. Right, right. All right, well, you know what? Let's just do this. What do you got for your coffee cup reading? My coffee cup reading is a big old five. Me too. Me too. I absolutely adored this episode of Gilmore Girls. In fact, I might argue it's probably 
my top two or three favorites of Gimbal Girl, Girls entirely. Uh, wow. I, I really, really loved this episode. I thought I thought it was amazing. You know, it brought so much of what um, of whimsic, whimsic nature, whimsical nature that go. the Gilmore Girls uh, <laughs> bring it up. Bring uh, my little ding. I, I'm I'm trying, but I. Oh, there, there you it go. Is. There's my made up word, whimsic. <laughs> um, there, you know, so much of what the Gilmore Girls brought to us over the years was whimsical mm-hmm. and was just um, just giggling and beautiful and totally out there and magical a lot of it was serious mm-hmm. and i feel like in so many of the other seasons we got that seriousness we got the seriousness out of our you know uh, out and this this one was able to bring in a great mix right. of being serious and whimsical and magical and we got sucky. Oh, we got sucky. <laughs> well, there's a lot. To, well, you know, let, let's get into that okay. when, when we get into that. So for, for now, let's do the GBGs. All right, for those of you who don't remember what the GBGs is, because it's been a, quite a while, <laughs> uh, GBG is good, bad, great. Marvin, what do you got for your good, bad, great? <sighs> My good is the last time with the Life and Death Brigade. You know, the first time I watched it, I was like, what are we doing? Why are we spending so much time doing this? Why are you mm-hmm. buying this tango room? What is going on? You know, I just loved it. And I loved it through the eyes of the Wizard of Oz. I loved it as this just brilliant little last foray mm-hmm. of of youthfulness and of merriment and it's kind of how I feel like if I ever got together with my college friends who I just did crazy adventures with mm-hmm. that's what it would feel like one last time so that that was good that was fun for me the bad was Lane randomly showing up at the wedding you know we didn't <laughs> see Lane at all in this episode we got to catch up with Lane earlier in the season and then she's randomly there and the only excuse that I have is that Lane lives near the center of town and they were like, we need another witness, so let's just call Lane. She probably wants to get out of the house and away from her family. <laughs> so, And she's probably up. She's probably up with the kids, so right. let's call Lane. I just That was one thing that I'm like, wait, why? Why? Michelle I even get, because we'd seen Michelle that episode. We sure. didn't see Lane, and I felt like between Michelle and Rory, they're your two witnesses. So I just mm-hmm. didn't get the Lane. And the great was the wedding in and of itself, Mm -hmm. was just the, let's just do this now. Um, I loved just the whole musicality of it, the little like dance sequence with the dancers coming through with the the twinkle lights, with just all of it. Right. Just all of it, the wedding just gave me all of the feels. and uh, It gave me like an Alice in Wonderland kind of feel. Yes. You know, yes. She, she's climb, she's going through the doorway. She opens up with a giant key mm-hmm. and she goes through the little hallway with all like the streamers and like, and the flowers. It's just, it's just one of those beautiful scenes that just, it seems to make sense yep. for Lorelai and going down the rabbit hole and and starting her life anew, and uh, I, I, I really appreciated that scene. Uh, for myself, the good was the direction of this episode. It was a great job. Yes. Um, 
even though I, you'll find out, obviously, I wasn't a big fan of the whole sequence with the Life and Death Brigade. <laughs> it was beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing with the car when they're when they're all in the car and they're driving away and uh, playing golf and the lighting and how the sign goes from tonight and it's then it says I'm sorry flowers it, to tonight flowers to tonight you know all of that stuff really cool stuff that a- Amy Sherman Palladino is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the real standout points for me in the direction is when Rory shows her mother the manuscript. And um, it shows it upside down, and then the pan, uh, the the pan, the camera goes <laughs> up, pans up, and then over it and centers itself over the manuscript, and then turns so that it's uh, nice and uh, level and easy for us to read, just the same way that it would be for Lorelai. Uh, and then how it shows that it, it merges into the close up of Lorelai as well. Um, it it shows how their lives, both Rory and Lorelai are parallel to each other. Their, their lives are running parallel. And, mm-hmm. and, and that is um, <laughs> that is given uh, its own credence when you realize that Rory at the end is is pregnant. So it, it, it shows how their lives have really, they've collided, but they've run parallel uh, and they're living the same life, kind of. Uh, and the book between the two the story of these Gilmore girls is right in the middle of the both of them. I thought that you you cannot frame a scene any better than that. And then the other port, uh, part uh, of the direction that I really loved was the four-minute monologue, essentially, uh, with Heather Graham, uh, uh, sorry, Lauren Graham. Wow, I'm having a hard time talking today. I don't know why. The four-minute monologue with Lauren Graham talking about her dad on oh the my phone. God. To her mom. Her 13th birthday. Uh, and that essentially is four minutes. And it's just Lauren Graham going to town on this story. Mm-hmm. And Emily, played by Kelly Bishop, is just sitting there listening. And she's the acting, the, the slow close up on Lauren Graham, letting her take the script and just do what she needs to do with it. Yeah. And letting her emote, letting her have that. Uh, and it's not about necessarily the writing; it's m- more necessarily about what um, what she what she's saying, and how she is saying it, as opposed to what she is saying. And then how her mom can end with just a simple "thank you." Yeah, and she hugs the phone, and like mm-hmm. uh, it was a sad moment because you wanted them to be there together. And I understand why they wouldn't have that, but I I really love that scene. Okay, so the bad. Obviously, here for me. <laughs> this was Mary's good, and I don't know how. This is why we're yin and yang. I know it was the this dream sequence, this whole thing with Logan and the life and death. Why brigade. do you think it was a dream sequence? Because well, it starts off funny. It, it wasn't it, it, a dream. No, no, I know, but it starts off like a dream sequence, like you know when the with they're walking in, and she's got the the flashlight, and, and it's like all foggy, and it's not a dream. It, I know it's not a dream. I know it's a I know, magical I know. night. I will say this again. I know it's not a dream. <laughs> I get by with a little help from it. It was even a Beatles song. I know. It must have cost a lot of money. Well, it was from Across the Universe, that oh, yeah. movie, the, from the soundtrack there. Yeah. Uh, so it may not have cost as much as you're thinking uh, because it wasn't the actual Beatles recording. Okay, so if you buy the remixes, it may be a little the bit covers. less. Okay. <laughs> the covers. Uh, so I, I just, 
they spent so much time doing this and like the plane, the golf, and even though it was shot beautifully, the stupid outfits and... Oh my God, stop it. Steampunk is so fun. Oh my God, steampunk. Get out of here. So... <laughs> Stop that nonsense! Why are we together? <laughs> so and, and and the tango buy you a and steampunk then, outfit for Halloween. And I feel like all all of that could be accomplished. The whole thing with Logan can take her out on a magical night, have fun. If he just shows up and he's in Stars Hollow, oh my God, he's in Stars Hollow, and she says you're here. She thinks, oh my God, you're gonna you're gonna leave Audette, the stupid French girl. Yeah, and then he doesn't. And they're in a hotel together in Stars Hollow. Let's just say you don't need any of that. And we let's have, be real. Most of the magic of Logan was the life and death brigade. Okay, y- yes. yes, he was rich and he could fly around the world, and oh, he was smart and witty. But like the capped, in my opinion, because I am not Team Logan. What was captivating about the Logan affair, uh, not just the affair, but um, bum ting, but her time <laughs> with Logan a lot in college was just these outrageous, expensive, without limits adventures that she went on with the Life and Death Brigade. Right. And so that would probably be indicative then of where he is still. Yeah. And where his friend, like his friends. I think this was his bachelor party. I really do. I think that he called up his bros and he was like, hey, I'm getting married pretty soon. Let's go Mm -hmm. and have one last hurrah. Mm -hmm. Don't you feel like this was his bachelor party? I I mean, it it could be that way. I mean, he's, he's, you know, sleeping with, with Rory's Mm -hmm. and, you know, Audette, the, this French girl's back in Paris or wherever the hell she is. You know, I'll give it to you for the bad because it made me remember how smarmy Logan is. Cause some might see this and be like, well, how romantic and amusing. No, he basically was like, here's a key so you can continue to be my mistress. Yes. That's how I took it. Right. I mean, it was. Like I'm yes, I'm still getting married to Audette. That's the dynastic wait. That's di- the dynastic plan. Yeah, the dynastic plan. Okay. He's not sitting there saying, Rory, convince me no. Like, do you want to be with me, Rory? Because I love you. He didn't say anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I can get on board with this being your bad because it makes me not I like I will Logan. say when he says bye to Rory and he puts the hat on her and he, he sticks his hands out and he's like, yeah, just like that. Like that to me is a is a bittersweet ending. Yes. I, I appreciate that. I, I can get that. I can get behind that because that is, that's that's Logan coming to the realization that she no longer ha- has to be saved. She mm-hmm. realizes that as well. He says that to her. I can appreciate all that. And yeah. again, that can be accomplished without the life. It's just silly. Like we, in previous episodes, we've talked about um, them having to fill 90 minutes for an episode. And they have taken some big liberties here. They've been- I enjoyed pre- it, Blake. Pretty liberal with- I did not like the musical. I really liked this. Like, the, you know, you had- um, uh, you had what's his, you had what's his name's movie that they, that he made, and then they had the musical. I hated that. I loved the unicycle by the prickling of my thumbs. I loved the crow. I loved. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, that's why I felt like it was kind of like a, a dream sequence because the crow was talking. You know, like that doesn't happen in real life. It does with the life or death brigade. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry. What's so you know, we we actually Just spent way to too much. My great. Oh man, seeing Edward Herman at the desk writing. Jeez Louise. And as we all know, Edward Herman passed away prior to the uh, filming of the Gilmore Girls. And it was the reason why 
uh, essentially they were able to do this last season because that that was the that was the one main event that gave life to an idea for Gilmore Girls the, the this life a year in the life and again remember last episode we talked about um, Fuller House syndrome where it's it's just for nostalgia uh, there there there's no real purpose for Fuller House to really exist. It's just, hey, look at this. It's Full House, and it's all the people that you met, uh, minus the Olsen twins. And don't you just love them, even though the story sucks? And it's just, Stop it. Stop you know, it. don't the, hate. Uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because Gilmore Girls does not have that. It actually has a reason to exist, and that is Edward Herman's death and Pop Tarts and, and Pop Tarts <laughs> and uh, that death. Um, is the emotional arc that this whole yes. show and the whole revival has to follow. And uh, I can really appreciate that. So, but seeing him at the desk, and it was really great because he had that pri- the, the scene prior with uh, Rory when she's going into the dining room of, of the abandoned house. And you see them all having dinner. The CG is imposed over the table, so you, you're able to see it in her memory. Um, it even looks a little fuzzy, just like a memory would, which I really appreciated. And then, and then seeing Edward Herman at the desk writing as she opens the door, it's silent, and they don't even show him look up. It's just you just see the top of his head. Uh, it just feels like to me that's the way that I want to remember him, mm-hmm. uh, and I and that's the way that I would remember my dad. You know, like something simple like that, being at his desk, or. Um, a simple act because you, you, you always think about the big grand gestures that you think of people uh, and um, but when you're in your memory you're only remembering I think the little things yeah if you know what I mean I do things it's thing, like things that are had... emotionally driven as opposed to um, a major act if you, if you get it. You know what I mean? It's those little snapshots. Yes. It's like when you think, oh, do I have a photographic memory? Because I have these little snapshots and then you realize you don't. But it feels like you do. And this was a snapshot in Rory's mind. Right. And I really love that. And yeah. it, it gave me all the emotional feels. It was one of those things where, again, it, it was the reason for this, for this revival series to exist. And that all culminated, in my opinion, in this one shot. Yes. Um, nice. And because of that, I, it was my favorite part of the episode. I like it. All right, what do you got for your best line, my darling? You tell me. <laughs> See, I, I kind of have a tie between three. And you know what? You can be the deciding factor in this. How's that Give sound? it to me. All right, so the first one, which is a little bit of a syrupy, sappy one. I love that kind. Is towards the end when Lorelai is speaking to Emily and they cheers and she says, ah, to the circle of life. That is so poignant. And that to me yeah. is one of the best lines because it it wraps up the entire <laughs> revival series. Death and pregnancy. Death, pregnancy, uh, men Marriage. coming in and out of life. uh Emily saying you're gonna have to come visit me twice a week. Yes, you know Lorelai asking twice a week. two weeks. I'm sorry, out of the two year. weeks out. Of, yeah, uh, Christmas. Uh, Lorelai getting money from uh, from from Emily uh, to expand her business. Yep, all of it. Yep, it, it's the the show had evolved and then it had 
gone in its own direction, but it has suddenly come back. And uh, oh my God, love that. This The next one, this one makes me think of you, my darling, is Lorelai saying, everything in my life has something to do with coffee. <laughs> I believe in a former life, I was coffee. Do you think I really drink that much coffee? Yes, you do. <laughs> really? Yeah, you're the girl that microwaves random cups of coffee she finds on the counter. I know. <laughs> Of course, of course, you drink that much coffee. <laughs> I feel like we need to make that a T-shirt. I, I, I that that's that's a good idea. Yeah. I loved that line. I believe um, in a former life. I was coffee. Yeah, uh, I loved that line. It was funny, uh, but uh, it came at a great emotional point of the episode. Yes, fantastic. And then one of my favorite lines. It was a throwaway one. Was with Michelle when he says, "So your name is Molly. Why?" <laughs> 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 oh my goodness you gracious. know the writers room when they were writing that when they were <laughs> <laughs> they were just trying to think of like the most Michelle, Michelle thing say? to say and they're like yep that's what we're gonna put that's what he would say alright so that's the uh, what, what? so what do you think is the best line circle I, of life the circle of life no because it does it really it was so poignant and you didn't even catch it the first couple of times right I would agree yep alright ready to get into the rest of the show of course alright let's do it All right, so this episode title, as always, is fall, mm. and it makes a lot of sense because it takes place during the fall season. <laughs> makes a lot of sense? Yes, it does. It makes tons of sense. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Written yeah. by Amy Sherman Palladino and directed by Amy Sherman Palladino. Uh, a very good episode. It, Truly. It, like I said, I, I would think that it would probably be in my top three, and I loved it so much because it gave you the emotional catharsis that I feel like you needed and it left up enough emotional interpretation for the characters that you love so much where it gives you just enough to show you where they are mm -hmm. but it also leaves just a little bit more open so that either one, you can engage with the material or two, you can come up with your own own ending. A perfect example is Lorelai. She's going to get the money from Emily. Yeah. What does that mean for Michelle? Does he stay? Does he not stay? Does he still go? Does he go? Does she actually get the annex, or does Katy Perry buy it? You know, with with her straight cash, homie. Mm -hmm. Right. So it you can interpret that to be what you want it to be. Yeah. In my interpretation is that she does get the money. She does buy the annex. She does. She does uh, get the uh, dragonfly in to be expanded, I and agree. Michelle stays with her. I agree. And you know, maybe you never know. Maybe Sookie comes back. I mean, who got God? Who knows? But that is a perfect example of the sh of the showrunners, Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan Pal Pal Palladino, allowing you to engage with the material. Will Kiefer Sutherland be staying in? It, is a question. <laughs> huh. How it, excited were you about that? I was pumped, dude, because Kiefer Sutherland, I think he was my first man crush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his 24 days. No, he days. wasn't. He, no, he wasn't. All right, who was my first Freddie man? Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, that's a valid point. <laughs> I know you so well. That's a very valid point. <laughs> man that you admire I, I got a, wanted to be. I got a Jeep Wrangler because I wanted to be Freddie Prince Jr., uh, and she's all that. And th little did I realize that it was not a, a Jeep Wrangler that he had in that movie. 
Oh wow! <laughs> it was it was like a Toyota something, but I I wanted to be Freddie Prince Jr. with with the hair and the bod and uh and the sideburns. So we start off where we left off in summer with Lorelai going off to the wild, right? Not in her Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> the book version, by the way. Book. Oh Not my god! Different experiences. How do we feel about all the wild experiences? Um. I, again, I feel like this was one that it took a little li- few liberties um, and it stayed on it for a little bit longer than it needed to. I get it. I really loved the emotional moment when Laurel, I was saying, I feel like I'm standing still and the world is just going around me. Um, that mm-hmm. to me is a perfect example of where Lorelai is in her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she like the cold opening was fantastic. Her waking up with the with the pack and yes, <laughs> it's it, it's a it's a literal um, it, like example of how her life is just in complete shambles. She's surrounded by all the food and she's trying to pack it in. She can't. Everything's all falling out. Sucks compared to pop tarts. <laughs> I'll tell you what. She's, she's sitting there eating the beef jerky. She's like, oh my god, what what is fun about this trip? <laughs> <laughs> like that to me feels like something that you would do. You'd be like, I'm gonna go do wild. I'm gonna totally. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get a pack. I'm gonna buy all this stuff. Totally. I'm gonna go out there and you're gonna, you're gonna eat beef jerk. And you'd be like, There's nothing fun about this. <laughs> that was pretty much what happened when I climbed Mount Washington. I was like, This is great. And I like snapped into a, a slim jam. And I was like, This isn't meat. <laughs> what is this? And then and then I started my 20 minute climb. And it was supposed to be a gradual climb, and I already thought it was like the most mountain I could ever have ever <laughs> climbed. And there were four-year-olds scaling it twice my speed. Yeah, terrible. So I think I am Lorelai. Uh, uh, you want to tell the uh, the ending of this story, or is that forever? Uh, forever no, I'll tell everybody on our podcast. Okay, and go ahead. once I got to the top of Mount Washington, uh, where I contemplated about you know, 20 minutes from the peak, uh, pretending to break my leg because I just wanted to be helicoptered off because it was so hard. (laughs) Mind you, four-year-olds were scaling this and so were little dogs. Um, My friend and I ate whoopie pies at the top of the mountain and took a bus down and pretty much told everyone we climbed up and down. Yeah. (laughs) But we didn't. We climbed up. So... Like Lorelai, I did not accomplish the physical task that I needed, and yet I didn't have a huge awakening like she did. And I, you know, God, I just loved, I loved her sitting there listening to all these women whose lives were in really kind of messed up places, like mm-hmm. really messed up. And one of the things that has always been really interesting to me about Lorelai is her personality reminds me a lot about me and yes. um, just full of life and wants to try everything and wants all these experiences and wants to meet new people and wants to just be in the middle of everything. Like I just love how she goes to town meetings. Those town meetings are so boring and yet she's there and I'm like I would totally go to that of course I want to know would. what that everything is, totally is. You. and I constantly wonder why does Lorelai stay in Stars Hollow why I mean she's just so full of life and and yet she stays there and um because that's her home that it she is. created that it is and and yet there's a part of Lorelai that has always been wondering is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what I'm supposed to, what's going on? And, and then with her father's death, she was really, really, really confused, had that huge fight with her mom, her daughter's now moving out, all these big things. And she sits down with these women who have really messed up lives. Remember how they were saying, oh, did you get divorced? Yeah. Oh, your son, is your kid in jail? or Something like that. Yeah. 
And she's like, no, actually. It's... My life's pretty amazing. Right. And so I have this phrase with Blake, whatever we feel down about our lives. And I say it's F and A, meaning F and awesome, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and I think during that time, it went, not, not then, but maybe Lorelai slept on it. But then when she was looking over, over that beautiful scenery, she realized that her life was F and A. And um, was able to really pull out one of the best moments of, of her life with her dad, one that was so important to her and realized that the relationship that she had with her dad was effing awesome. Right. And that what she has with Luke is effing awesome. And that what she has in Stars Hollow is effing awesome. And that as messed up as her relationship with her, is her mom, it's effing awesome. Right. And, um, and at that moment, I was like, girl, I gotcha. I gotcha. And one of the things that I, at the time, was not happy about was that they were taking Lorelai out of Stars Hollow. And I was like, what are we doing? Why would you take Lorelai out of Stars Hollow? Why would you, why do you keep going to New York, uh, you know, to, to go to the, to do the thing with, with Rory? Why are you taking her and putting her in California to do wild? The Gilmore Girls is Stars Hollow. Stars Hollow is Gilmore. You cannot remove that. You can't divorce the two. But... This is why, again, I'm happy that I took the time in between our episodes and rewatched it. To let it settle. To let it settle because the only way, in my opinion, Lorelai has this revelation is if she is out of yep. Stars Hollow. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I do. Because she's surrounded by the ghosts in of Stars Hollow. Like she her 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 daughter's there. Her her uh, her life is there. Luke is there. Her mother is around. Her dad, even though he doesn't live in Stars Hollow, he, he is such a part of that fabric for her mm-hmm. that she she can't get out of there. She can't get out get out of her own way to come to that emotional moment of I'm okay. I'm better than okay. I'm effing awesome. I'm effing awesome. And being away from Luke is the last thing that she wants to do. Mm-hmm. And she has this great moment with her mom because when she was last in Stars Hollow with her mom and they're all sitting around telling stories about about her dad, she couldn't come up with one. And now she finally has. She has this story that she's had all along, something that she knew she had all along, but couldn't get out of the grief, couldn't get out of her own way, uh, like I said before, for her dad. Uh, for for Richard, um, and and then she finally had uh, the ability to tell her mother about that story with the pretzel and how he took her, and they were at the mall, and and again, oh my God, Lauren Graham's acting, it, just, like stop it, I know, just stop it I when know. when she talks about how she finally got the courage and her voice breaks, and uh, one of my favorite scenes, really in a television show ever. Um, uh, just a beautiful moment, so simple, so easy. And the chemistry, even though they're not in the same uh, frame, uh, the chemistry between uh, Kelly Bishop and, and, and Lauren Graham mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is uh, it, it sends sparks through, through the air, which is why it works so well eventually when she goes to the, the house to get the money. And they had it's a it's a it's a it's a play it's a riff on a on the previous encounter that she had when when uh, uh, 
Lorelai is asking her parents for money. Remember when she was asking her parents for money for uh, for Rory's uh, for, for Rory's school. education? Yeah, and <laughs> she goes to her dad and she says, "Dad, I, I, you know, Rory has this education, so he's like, you need money." Mm-hmm. And she keeps explaining, and, and he says, "You need money, and you need money." All right, I'll get the checkbook. Like, and Emily says the same exact thing. Yeah, same timing, everything. Everything, all, all at the same time. Um, such a, a beautiful way to have that relationship be be there and also, again, show this portion of the circle of life uh, for the Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is starting back up again. Uh, and I think we're free to play that in our heads or... You know, maybe they come up with a second season. So Lorelai finds that she needs to be in Stars Hollow. Not only does she need to be in Stars Hollow, but she needs to be with Luke. Whereas Emily realizes that she doesn't need to be at her home. That Richard's not there. That Richard was her home. And she finds a new home in Nantucket. But not before she breaks up with the daughters of the American Revolution. Oh, what a great scene. Talk about how this is all bullshit. That's <laughs> it amazing. Says it multiple times and this this lady she even says, she even says the word tits. Like <laughs> it was beautiful. And something that we've all been wanting to say to Emily right. or to her friends during this whole, you know, several seasons. Or, or or to one of your parents or your friends that has this thing that they uh, do. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh you know I know what you're talking about. <laughs> like I you just oh god, it's so full of it and you just it's don't take yourself so seriously and I love how she's like yeah, we, we, we pat ourselves in the back for going ahead and buying a rocking chair that was Ben Franklin's sister's daughter's orthopedic doctor. You know, like... The only sad thing is I've kind of been looking forward to joining the Daughters of the American Revolution because I am a DAR. <laughs> like, literally, my family fought in the revolution. And now I'm kind of like, oh. Maybe not so much. Is that what it's really like? Maybe it's not. Are they going to treat you like the blonde girl? <laughs> I hope not. I love when they when she said, "Oh yeah, we know about that stupid prenup. We actually read it and we laughed and laughed." Right. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, that was awesome. So Emily, of course, chooses to live in Nantucket, right? And she has the guy, Jack, and uh, not really, though. but, but you know, she tells him in, in in a subtle way. Listen, you do you do you, and I'm going to do me, and uh, I might even go work at a whale museum. Screw it. Because why not? Because I'm F and A. And I, and I think uh, this is a perfect way to have her arc go. Mm-hmm. Because when she says to the DAR, this died with Richard. Yeah. And she's right. Her whole life. And even she even mentioned to Lorelai, all the credit cards are Mrs. Richard Gilmore. Yeah. But when she got... Uh, the the sandcastle. The sandcastle. It said em- uh, owner Emily Gilmore, and how special that is to her, and how she is going and she's like ruining the, the, the guide's life at uh, at the whale museum. Like when he's sitting there doing his droll thing. Yes, this is important because blah blah. And she's talking about how they're stabbing whales. Oh and, my gosh! Like that is an Emily Gilmore yes. thing. And she owns that. And how special is that for her? And for her character to end up like that from the way she began. Remember, character arc is so important. It's a journey. That's why, again, Fuller House 
it sucks because there's no arc. Blake, it's not meant to be deep, okay? But, but, it's not, just but neither is Gilmore Girls. It's not meant to be deep. But it was. But it, no. It was. It's, it's, it's what, when you write a television show, whether it's deep or not, you have to have an arc, right? For the characters. Yes. And Fuller House, there's no arc. The, the arc is, will DJ end up with yeah. Steve? <laughs> <laughs> but an arc, in the simplest terms is, you start one way and you end in another, right? And Emily starts in one way. I, I think she probably has the best arc of, of all of them. Uh, she, she starts one way, totally depressed, upset, and fidgeting and fiddling with Richard's uh, uh, headstone and buying this ridiculous painting of him. And then she ends in a way where she finally has the a small painting of him. She buys her own place. She has... Uh, a maid and Berta that she's she's kept for more than one day. Berta. And that's now become her surrogate family. Tucking that whole family in as they fall asleep on the couches. Do, doesn't even doesn't even know what, what she cooks. She's just saying, I just tried it and it's amazing. It's really good. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that, Emily Gilmore is saying, I don't know what the hell's in it, but it's really good. Are you kidding me? I know. That would never happen. No. But the fact that, that she ended up like that and living on her own, and she's, yeah, you do what you want to do, I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to become a whale person. But she it's still wants to be close with, with Lorelai, with with Luke. Um, the You know, one thing that did surprise me with Emily is that she wasn't at the wedding, nor was she, like, on a train or boat or anything the night before. Uh, Granted, she said like, remember she was like, "Oh, I didn't even invite anybody because yeah. <laughs> that was going to be canceled." So maybe she wasn't even planning on coming. I I hope that she was planning on coming. I was a little sad that she wasn't there for the actual wedding. Mm-hmm. That was one thing. Like, well, th- but but again, the actual wedding itself took place before the actual wedding date. Yeah. So. It, even if she was in transit. Are they just not going to tell anybody? Are they just going to be like, don't tell anybody what we already got married yeah, last night? That's that was what their that plan was. Because they had, remember uh, Luke was saying he was nervous and they, they, they were having anxiety over it. And and she's like, okay, well, let's just get married right now. I hope they still have their party and that the mom. No, they, they even said there. so. They they even said, oh yeah, we're still going to do it. We're still going to get married again. They said it to, uh, to Rory. Okay. I missed that part. I was probably too busy worrying. <laughs> oh, Another, speaking of the wedding, another perfect example of the fact that I married Lorelai Gilmore. Oh my God, really? Oh my God, yes. Oh, 100% yes. When <laughs> Lorelai, she's like, she's doing her workout. She's like, <laughs> boom, I'm dancing and her arms are going and she, the hair is flying. She's got, it, she's got it up and she's a total disaster. And she's talking to Luke in the middle of doing this. And then Rory shows up. And she's like, what are you doing? She's like, I got to fit in my dress. And she's like, why don't you just lay off the ice cream? And she's like, <laughs> good joke. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Like, that is Lorelai. And that is my wife. That is totally my wife. 100%. The other voice you hear in this podcast would, would do that in a heartbeat. Yes. <laughs> I loved that scene. That scene is perfect. And again, another reason why this episode is perfect, because it has... Every single facet of a Gilmore Girls episode that you need to make a perfect Gilmore Girls. Including Jess and Dean. Oh, Dean. I'm so over stop Dean. Stop it. Stop it. Stop he it. He was you so want... shoehorned in. 
He was so shoehorned no, in. No, it was perfect. It was perfect how they had them meet there, bump into each other. The fourth baby's on the way. And what Rory said to him was perfect. Was so great because that's how I feel about Dean. Like, granted, Dean did some things he should not have done, mm-hmm. but he was a great first romance for Rory. I 100% stay behind that. I think he was a wonderful first boyfriend. He was so tender. His whole courtship of her, my goodness gracious. I would have just fallen over if I, someone had courted me that way in high Wait, school. I, I did. Well, I wasn't in high school. No, you didn't. I did. I took you to a Red Sox game. You didn't like come on a bus that you weren't supposed to be on in high school. I didn't even know you when I was that young. Well, I, I wasn't in high school. I agree. It was after and college. And you said that had you known me when I was younger, you would have just made fun of me. I definitely Dean would Dean did not make fun of her. I would have ranked on you I know. unmercifully. And I was a bit nerdy and still am, just like Rory. So I'm just <laughs> saying that someone like hip and cool like Dean to have been that tender and wonderful. And what Rory said to him was, was lovely. And it takes... Um, takes a lot of balls to kind of be able to say that to somebody. And I liked that they were both cool about it. Like here right. he was married. Obviously there was a little affair between them. By Rory the way, you, 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 I was just going to say, you would think that Roy would, would learn from her first affair. Right. <laughs> that maybe it won't turn out so hot. Oh, <laughs> but, you know, for her to say the things that he said and for him to take it that way and to be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks. Like it was just, it was just nice and right. And it was a good way to be like, Dean was important. Dean was important for her to say, had it not been for you, I, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have known what it f- was to be to feel safe. Yes, I would agree with that. That's important. It's important to both the characters yes. for them to admit that. And so I was very thankful to see Dean. I know there's some Dean haters. I'm a Dean lover. I'm like, I, I really, I was on board with Dean until he cheated on this. I, I, here's a question for you. Yeah. Who are the writers most in love with? Are they most in love with Logan? Are they most in love with Jess? Or are they most in love with Dean? I think different writers love different guys. Really? Yeah, I do. Huh. I do. I don't think everyone across the board loves the same same guy. I would say that the show is explicitly telling you that Jess is the, is the choice. Oh. Um, I mean, Jess has... To, J- Jess is the only option right now, okay? so well, of, That so we know of. I mean, Logan we had Peter is, or Paul, whatever the hell his name Paul, was. I Paul, I know, quite <laughs> think. Dean is obviously 100% taken. Logan is a cheating son of a gun who is engaged to Odette, and he lives across the ocean. And here's Jess, who is so sweet and tender and gives her that longing eye as she takes, you know... Great. <laughs> Amy Sherman Palladino is many things, but subtle is not one of them. <laughs> so, I mean, are they trying to say like, okay, two of the three ex-boyfriends are taken. Marty didn't show up. Like, unless Marty shows up. Yeah, no, that's not going to Team Marty. <laughs> Marty was like the best boyfriend ever. You know what? I just have to play this. Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Why are you even playing that? Because Marty, Marty McFly, Back oh, to the Future. Okay. See, there you go. Marty was the best boyfriend ever. Um, see, I can't take Marty seriously because Why? of Back to the Future. I just can't. Anytime just I hear the word Marty name? from now on. Yes. 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 Okay. So Jess, of course, shows up. Rory's so excited she began to write. He gives her that little extra look at the end. And we know that if ever... Gilmore Girls were to come back, we would see some more Rory and Jess. That's what that's meant to be. And if it never comes back in our dreams of what happens in the Gilmore Girls, we're supposed to think that Jess 
yeah, has I, a I longing think, and something might happen. Right. And what I think, again, using this word explicitly, what explicitly says that is when Rory goes to her dad, Christopher, and says, hey, what did you feel about mom raising me? being single raising us alone and you know christopher saying your mother was a force of nature just like you i realized i couldn't get in between that you know i try but that doesn't mean i don't love you and, and i love that scene at, because at the time you're just thinking it's for the book but once you get those final four words you realize the whole context of that scene is completely different it's a completely different emotional wallop mm-hmm. Which is the beauty of this episode because it's telling you from the beginning, Rory is pregnant. It's telling you. She has yeah. the phone call for the appointment. You think it's for, for something else, but it's not. Then she visits her dad, talks about this, but it's not about what you're thinking about. And then those final four words give this complete reveal and ties it all together. Why I'm saying all of this is because clearly the show is telling you that I think Logan is probably the father. I would believe that as well. And I don't think it's Chewbacca. <laughs> the other option is Paul. I don't think it's going to be Peter or Paul, whatever the hell his name is. So it's got to be Logan. Yeah. And Jess will be her Luke. And Luke will come in and, and Jess will come in and and who, who's in Stars Hollow. He'll come back and he'll, he'll work at the diner with Luke and or whatever. No. What uh, but no. I, I'm just saying it's possible uh, and he will Jess help. Should not work at the diner. But you but know, no. You know what I'm saying. Like it's 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 possible, and uh, he will raise help raise this baby because he's madly in love with her. I'm and, cool and with I, that and, part. And they say all. And the show explicitly says that too, because when Luke says, "Hey, so uh, you over this whole thing, you know, with Rory and 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 Jess says, "Yeah, of course, obviously," and he get, takes the bag and looks longingly through the window, and we all know that he is not over Rory in the slightest. So it's clear that Jess is made out to be the new Luke. And it's, in my opinion, clear that the writers love Jess the most because that seems to be who they want her to be with. Does that make sense? He's the only one left. (laughs) Yeah, but he's he's a small fish in the, in a wide ocean of men that could that could be there with with Rory although Rory is indeed a force of nature just like her mother so i'm certain that there are only a a certain amount of men that could probably handle Rory just like there are only a certain amount of men that could handle Lorelai that like there are only a certain amount of men that i think could handle my partner in life <laughs> and hopefully i'm the a1 prime candidate for that you are and you're married to me that's what i'm saying but uh, you know the some people i think are are meant for other people. I, I remember my dad used to tell me a story about how his friends or his coworkers or whatever would come up to him and be like, Kenny, how the hell are you married to Noreen? Like, h- how do you even deal with that? And Noreen is my mother. And they'd be like, what are you, like, I couldn't even stomach her for 10 minutes. Like, what, 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 what the hell is that? And my dad would say to them, listen, she's not for you, but she's for me. And, Oh my god, is that what people say to you about me? Yes, all the time. All the time. Like I've heard people say, like, how do you deal with Mary? She's all over the place. Who 
just said this. Oh, just friends. Like, it's not in a mean what? way. It's not in a mean way. It's meant, it's meant in like a funny way. It's meant in like how people talk about Lorelai? Yes. So what Still. I'm saying is there are certain people, and my dad used to say, she just does it for me. And that's how I feel about my wife. She just does it for me. I don't know. It's just human chemistry that, you know, is when you're when that person feels like home, it is what it is. And I think that Jess is Rory's home. And as Lorelai says to Rory at the end of the episode, it just has to fit. And it will. And you'll find somebody perfect for you one day. And hopefully... Kirk can be there in the meantime. <laughs> and uh, I think Jess is that perfect choice yes. for her. And it's 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 also fitting because here is Jess at their house with Luke and, and Lorelai is there. And we all know how Lorelai felt about Jess. Was not a fan. After that car accident. And I, I get it. It makes total sense. But the fact that Jess is in that house and they're being like they're being normal with all of each other. That, that that's a long way from where it started when she's talking uh, about Jess at the beginning of the yes. season, full freaking circle, right? Yes. Th- that's a that's a long way. That again, part of her character arc. Uh, so that was very special. I think the show is telling you that Jess is the is the one for Rory, with Logan's baby in her belly. With Logan's baby. Uh. Although I th- I still think the writers are a fan of Logan too. Yeah, because- that's why I'm saying I think different writers are different fans. I I don't know if they all have different soft spots, but I feel like there's some confliction in that writer's room. Yeah, as long as we don't get any more Life and Death Brigade, I'm done with them. I'm done. I'm done with them buying clubs and cars and talking about it and the British accent and like oh, I'm done with them. I'm done with the Life and Death Brigade. Well, you know what? I think they're done too. Good. <laughs> I think they're done too. Well, last but not least. We get to the wedding. Okay. Thank you, Kirk, for all of the twinkle lights in the entire world. <laughs> a perfect little dance medley. I loved it, aside from Lane being there and Emily not. It was perfect, for, I think, for Lorelai and Luke. Um, and I also think it was perfect that Lorelai re-proposes to Luke. Because if you recall, the Lorelai in season five finale goes to Luke and says, I think we should get married. Do you remember that? Yeah. And here she is again saying, yep. I think we should get married. Yep. Um, a, a perfect way for those two to get married because it's small, it's personal, it's subtle. In that gazebo. In that gazebo. In that gazebo that we've seen so many things over the years. Right. And the, the show literally begins in the gazebo. Mm-hmm. You have the wedding in the gazebo. And the show ends in, in the, the gazebo. gazebo. How, how special is that? Like the... The, the, the revival begins with the two women speaking to each other in the gazebo. And it ends with them speaking in the gazebo. Like, how effing cool. So she's pregnant. Let's just let's yeah, just right, finally right. dig, yeah, dig let's, in. Let's dig in. Um, Hated it in the beginning. The first time I okay. saw that, I was like, what? 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 No. What? Where is the fifth episode? Where is the next season? What is going on? Why? Rory use protection. What? No. No, no, no. Have you ever heard of an IUD? What's wrong with you? Oh, my gosh. So, it was hard for me to stomach. Okay, so where are you now with it? Um, I am 
Mm. I'm lost for Rory, who is still lost. Okay. Okay, so Rory still doesn't have a paying job. Right. Still hasn't found her underwear. Like, still. (laughs) Still has not found her a clean underwear. All right? (laughs) What the heck? What are we we doing here? Has a man's baby who is engaged and lives across the seas. Um, Lives with her mom who's gotten married. Um, I... But she's writing the book. But she's writing the book. And... Maybe she'll be actually living in her grandmother's house since it's not sold yet. I, you know, I'm just lost for Rory. Um, I'm lost for Rory, and it's going to be hard. But she actually has a good relationship with her mom and Luke. And Luke uh, and and Lorelai did not have another child. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that I didn't think about a lot when I first heard that Rory was pregnant. I was just focusing on like, what? No, what? No. <laughs> but, you know, we started off with, with Luke and Lorelai talking about babies. Right. And how it just wasn't working out for them. And how wonderful if Rory does stay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Gets. So, no, I'm, I'm, so, I'm going to have sex with all those you women. You have sex with all those women. She's like, I think we have to redefine what surrogate means. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I know you're getting emotional there, but I couldn't no. help it. Well, it's so funny because some of the theories were like, oh, was Rory their surrogate? Like some people online right after were like, did <laughs> did Paris like give her the, the, the she carrying Luke's baby? Oh, God. You didn't oh, hear that? No, I didn't hear yes, that. And I don't want to hear like, that. Some people were like, is that why she's pregnant? And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, God. I want to. No, guys, right? Oh, God. But but I just thought, you know, once again, circle of life, whereas Lorelai felt like she couldn't be with her parents when she had this baby Mm -hmm. and things were tough and she struggled. Um, If Rory chooses to stay in Stars Hollow, she's not only going to have her mom and Luke, but they were also kind of thinking about a baby being in their life and they'd probably be really excited. And now Lorelai is going to have her annex right in stars hollow. So pretty darn cool. Um, So I'm still lost is the good word lost, not in like the hopelessness, but um, I'm just like, all right, Rory's got a journey. Maybe I should say that Rory's got her own journey. Rory's got her own wild going on right now. Right. And I, I'm sad for her that there doesn't seem to be anything concrete. But when I've thought about on the flip side, she has her family mm-hmm. and that is concrete. And which is why, again, I, I think this ending is so special because uh, I get the frustration with it. I get like, oh, my God, Rory's 30 something. And she's not like her mother who was 16, had the baby. And why, why would you end it like that? It's a cliffhanger. It's just begging to have another series. Like, I, I get all of that. But when you think about the emotional journey that they have gone on Mm -hmm. and they're talking about their lives and the emotional arcs that they've carried through, it is the only fitting ending, I think, in my opinion, because Rory is pregnant. She is pregnant. She's going to have someone else's baby. It's going to happen. But like, like you said, my darling, she, unlike her mother has a good relationship with her mother and that is special yes she's able to have that relationship and carry on hopefully what i would think would be a girl and continue on the tradition of this gilmore girl uh relationship this gilmore girl tradition 
And not only that, but she will finally have a great relationship with her grandmother. Like, I, I, mean, I can't say finally, but... The new Gilmore the, the, baby? Yeah, the new Gilmore baby will have a good relationship with the grandmother and then even the great-grandmother. Like, she, yeah. She, oh my God, when Emily finds out, she's going to be like, never mind, I'm not selling my house, I'm coming back, I'm actually moving to Stars Hollow. <laughs> I know. I'm going to buy everything. I'm going to buy the annex yeah. <laughs> and you can run run it through there. Yeah. Um, I adored this ending. I really did. Uh, and I adored it because, again, it is the circle of life. And when you have something that you want to attain when you're writing a show like this, you could talk about, you know, a door closing with, you know, with Richard and then another door opening with this, with the new baby. Like that, that's, that's special. That's another Gilmore coming into the world. Um, But it's, I remember looking at Lorelai's face and she was surprised. Was she like, oh my God, I'm happy. Oh my God, I couldn't even tell what she was. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, um, it, it's it's funny because it's almost inevitable. Like, I, I loved it because Rory kind of became Lorelai. Uh, Lorelai in her life, she tells that story about how, you know, the kid, the, what, whatever the hell the kid's name was when they told her that she wasn't a Gilmore. And, and, and I think that speaks volumes to Lorelai's personality and why she's always felt like she wasn't a Gilmore or she always felt like she was an outsider and she moved to Stars Hollow on her own. She raised her own kid because I think when she, since she was 13, she was told she was adopted and that really got to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did everything she could to make sure that Rory did not become Lorelai. Yeah. And I'm not saying that she does, but there are certain things that happen that make them similar. And having the uh, the, the the visitations every you know for two weeks out of the year, and and once a week for Christmas, and 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 Lorelai uh, getting a, a new hotel, and uh, I it, I thought it was a beautiful ending. I thought it was just an absolutely fitting and beautiful ending. I agree. And for those of you who are listening, thank you for listening, number one. But number two, tell me what you think a better ending would be. Um, what, do you think it, it'd be better if she just got together with Jess? And yeah, everything's happy-go-lucky. Because I, I don't think that would be fitting. Because as we've talked about, this show, uh, as funny and quirky and as, you know, they talk fast and it's great and it's a whole new world, it's it's... But it, ultimately, it's it's based on real emotions. It's based on real relationship, real people. I mean, not literally, but it, the, it, it, its foundation is the, the reality of all that emotion. And the reality of the situation is that not everything ends. It, it, it's wrapped up nice and tightly in a bow. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I liked the finale of season seven, which we all thought was the series finale, it did wrap up everything in a nice, tight little bow. It did. And I'm not sure if I want that. I'm not sure if I want that with Gilmore Girls. I think I want them, I want to engage that material and I want to interpret it. Uh, and that's what Amy Sherman Palladino gave us. Is it coming back? Oh, that's a big question, girlfriend. Um, and there are a few complications with that. Tell me. Number one, uh, Jess is the star of the brand new hit series, This Is Us, uh, which I have not watched. Uh, I will admit. We will. It's on our to-do list. I think we will. But it's a it's a hit series on NBC. Congrats for them. Uh, 
so that's going to complicate his schedule. Another thing, too, is that Alexis Bledel, she is on Handmaid's, ta- Handmaiden's Tale. Another one on our to-do list. Uh, especially for Ann Dowd. Oh, my God, Ann Dowd. Ooh. Yeah, for Leftovers, alumni, alumnus. Um, she was just promoted to a series regular. So that's going to complicate her schedule. Um, but as far as them commenting on uh, a season two of the revival, um, both Lauren Graham and Alexis Bledel said that no one has approached them about returning to Stars Hollow. Uh, I'm reading this from an article that I have here. But as Graham noted, she discovered that the first revival was happening from news reports before we had even been formally approached. Imagine that. I know, right? So she ended up saying, if it all existed in a vacuum, I would play that character until my dying day. Now it's become what we could do with a story that is satisfying, that is worth continuing. And I don't know if there's a need to do more. I wouldn't want to feel like we overstayed our welcome. And Alexis Bledel kind of said the same thing. She said, I'm just interested in the story that we're telling. I want a story that is dynamic and that I can hook myself into. Um, but the chief Netflix officer, content officer, Ted Sarandos, he did end up saying that they were in very preliminary talks, uh, presumably with Warner Brothers, because the show is owned technically by Warner Brothers. And it, that, too, complicates things for Netflix, because the two, um, the two companies have to collaborate on this show. And like Warner, Brother, Warner Brothers owns it. Okay. They, they own, own the rights Gilmore to Girls. They own Gilmore Girls. Okay. And they went to Net- Netflix, approached them, and they allowed Netflix to do, a, okay. to do a revival. Because Netflix was the one who financed it and who produced it, but they still own it. So now you're getting into the issue of, well, Netflix is doing all this work, and we should be reaping the benefits. Okay, yeah. As opposed to Warner Brothers, who's reaping all the benefits because they own the product. Yeah, but Netflix does have the advantage of getting a whole ton of new subscribers because of of Gilmore Girls. Of Gilmore Girls. I mean, for for example, Netflix added seven point oh five million subscribers in the fourth quarter of twenty sixteen. Do you know what happened to just air in the fourth quarter of twenty sixteen? Do tell. Gilmore Girls. Now, I'm not saying, of course, they all account for. For those all those subscribers, yeah. of course they don't. But it does help their fact that they promoted it. They said we're doing this, and by the way, if you want to catch up, we already have the rights to the previous series that Warner, but that we we paid Warner Brothers for. So hey, come on on board, watch watch Gilmore Girls, catch mm-hmm. up, and then guess what? We got this new season coming out, and we're producing it. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, and, you know, Lauren Graham has also signed on to do the Fox comedy, uh, Linda from HR, uh, and we already talked about Alexis Bledel and The Handmaid's Tale, and Amy Sherman Palladino, meanwhile, is right now waiting word on her pilot for uh, Amazon, uh, which is called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, So, let's just say that gets picked up by Amazon. Now we're talking about Amy Sherman Palladino being the showrunner for an entirely different show. Is she going to actually have time to create a second season of the revival series? And when they wrote it, they intended on it being a one-off. But because it was so successful, people are now saying, "Well, you got to tell you got to tell Rory's story." I mean, that's how you ended it. What are you What are you talking about? Like, yeah. we got to know. Yeah. 
The bigger question is, do you want a second season, my darling? That is a... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Give me the benefits that you see of having a second season. I love Stars Hollow. I love these characters. I just want to spend time with them so much. If Rory wasn't pregnant, I would want a second season. Mm -hmm. If... But since Rory is pregnant, I don't think I'm ready for that. Right. Would you would you ever be ready for that? Or do you think it's just best left alone? Um you know, I I don't love Rory. And I feel like by her being pregnant, it becomes the Rory show. That's the funny thing because one of my complaints of the revival series, and I think a lot of people felt the same way, is that Rory kind of brought it down. Yeah. Like they they didn't know quite what to do with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had her go on this this um, journey, but the show really was focused on Lorelai and Emily. Yeah. Uh, and you could make the argument that the first series kind of had the same problem with Rory, that it put her in these situations, getting in a car accident, stealing the boat, and going to Yale, and doing this, and having the boyfriends, and and they had to recapture all of that all over again in 90 minutes per episode. And how are they going to do that effectively mm-hmm. with Rory? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get that. I don't want to have a, 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 the Rory show. I really don't. Yeah. Um, it's not that I don't appreciate her. It's not that I don't appreciate Alexis Bledel. I do. But my love of the show is rooted in Emily and in Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and you could also make the argument that my love of the show is rooted in Lorelai's relationship with, with Rory. But Rory is a byproduct of that. Correct. Right? And, and it's funny to say that because you would think that the relationship is a byproduct of the two characters. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. I, I I think Rory works because of her repartee. And, and un, well, it works because of the relationship that she has with her mother. Uh, and not because Rory is Rory, but because of that that of, of the interaction between the two mm-hmm. and and having I, I oh my god i love the idea of rory writing that book though oh gosh yes and like i i love i also kind of love the meta commentary too a little bit that perhaps the show that we're watching is the book that that rory writes yeah do you know what i mean yeah no like, yeah completely uh, like the show collapses back in on itself mm-hmm uh, and what you have just watched is everything that came out of Rory's mind. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. That would have been a cool ending. I would have given that a better and That would be the one ending I would accept other than what we got. Okay. Do you know what I mean? We kind of We kind of got it. Yeah. But it, it wasn't confirmed, which is fine. But that I think that would be the one ending I would accept other than what we got. Uh, for me, I do not want a next season and as much as i love stars hollow as much as i love the gilmores as much as i want to go back to it and i want to do more podcasts about it i don't want to shut the show down but i am happy with where we left off i'm happy with where the characters are i'm happy with the fact that rory is pregnant i'm happy that emily is in nantucket and stabbing whales and lorelei and luke are married and they're going to expand the hotel, and he's he's happy just to be there, and how the circle of life has recreated itself. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. Um, 
I'm happy knowing that their their relationships have been fixed, that they're all accepting of each other, and they've moved forward. And I agree with with Lauren Graham. If there's a story to tell, if there's an emotional arc that is worthy of these characters, then yes, perhaps I would love to see it. Because Stars Hollow itself is so intoxicating. But if there's not, I don't want to have Fuller House. Correct. I don't want to have Fuller House. So um, anything else before we get into trivia? That's it. All right, let's get into some trivia. You know, this is actually probably my favorite segment of this show. I don't know why. I like it too. Peter Krause, who played the park ranger that prevented Lorelai, played by Lauren Graham, obviously, from hiking, also starred with Lauren Graham in the TV series Parenthood. Uh, during the filming of Parenthood, they began dating, as a matter of fact, and have been together ever since. Aww. And when Lorelai tells Rory to drop the from her book title because it sounds cleaner, she's actually quoting from a scene from the movie The Social Network. In fact, it was Justin Timberlake's Sean Parker who uh, invented Napster, PT uh, Dubs. Mm-hmm. Um, he says it to Jesse Eisenberg's Mark Zuckerberg referencing Facebook. Instead or of the, the Facebook. Fa- Facebook. Uh, Emily changing her shoes into white kids is a reference to Dirty Dancing in which she also starred. She played Jennifer Grey's mother who was married what? to uh, Jer- Jerry Rohrbeck. What? Yeah, I'm telling you. Oh my God, I'm Googling. <laughs> uh, the famous four, final four words obviously are Rory um, saying mom and Lorelai saying yeah. And she said, yeah, I'm pregnant. And in the script itself, what they actually, what they actually got, it only said the final four words are said. So nobody knew what the final four words were. How? Until that day of filming. What? It just, it, the, 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 the finale... Uh, script at the end just says the final four words are said. That's oh it. God. Isn't that really cool? Yes. When Luca Lorelai uh, are are getting married, the song playing is called Reflecting Light, mm-hmm. which is actually the same song they danced to in season four at Liz and TJ's wedding at their first unofficial date. <gasps> oh my God. Date. <laughs> oh my God. That's so great. Yes. And when Rory and Dean are in dozies as he's leaving, she picks up a box of cornstarch and shows him, and he tells her to pay this time. When Rory first went to see Dean and Doozies in high school, she picks up a box of cornstarch, pretending to be there to buy it, and eventually runs out of the store without paying for it. <laughs> yes. Which is what that, that scene so is classic. referencing. So classic. And uh, so, yeah, that is your trivia for today. Perfection. And uh, so that's it. Um, my love, any final thoughts? Final about thoughts. The girls? The revival Let's series. have some of that music back. Uh, which one do you want to hear? The one you just had, maybe. You, I don't know. Anything. You want to do? You want to? You anything. know what? Oh no 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 no! I got one. Okay. Um, hold on one second. Okay, you ready for this? Yes. If you're out on the road, All right. What do you got for your final thoughts? I love Stars Hollow so much that it's kind of one of my goals to try to find Stars Hollow in different states and different areas. Yes. And Blake and I are going to be going to the Gilmore Girls Fest this October. And we want to see you guys there. Yes, so that's right. So if you're going to be going, please reach out to us. 
send us an email. You can find us at maryandblake.co. Find us on Facebook. Facebook is honestly the best way to reach out to us. You find us on Facebook, just search Mary and Blake and shoot us a message. But we're going to be going. And I think it's like the, the 20s. In um in in October, like October twenty first ish, but we're that excited to be in the recreated Stars Hollow that we're gonna be going. How about you, Blake? What's your final thoughts? Uh, now I'm gonna have to play the song over again here. What are we doing? There we go. <laughs> uh, no, I won't play it again. I I, I promise. Um, I would say I really love this show. I I I adore this show, and I I, I again I don't want to see it go. Uh, I am happy with where it ended. Um, and I think it was a perfect revival series. We have been subject to so many things, like like the Will and Grace revival series that's coming out. I'm really not looking forward to it. I mean, I wasn't a huge Will and Grace fan to begin with, but I just don't see a reason for it existing. The same thing goes with like, the 24 revival, 24 Live Another Day. Like, oh my God, I love 24. Jack Bauer, again, Kiefer Sutherland. Man crush all the way. But that, like, what are we doing? Like, it was okay. This but it's just for lovely. nostalgia's purposes. This is the best revival series. And I think they should end all revival series. Oh, maybe except for Twin Peaks. They should just end them after Twin Peaks. Just stop them altogether. No more. Don't bring them up anymore. Well, that's a little absurd. But. No, it's not absurd because <laughs> you can't. You can't top those. Two. You can't top Gilmore Girls. You can't top Twin Peaks. That's it. That's the end. Call it. Call it a day, baby. Call it the end. That's the end. Are <sighs> right, you ready to close out the show? I am. All right. Let's uh, let's get to it. Good job singing with that thing. Hey, you know, it's not like I've uh, spent hours <laughs> listening to this and, yeah. or have a degree in music or anything. You know, anything like that. Like so, you don't know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, guys, we're so sad that it's over. Yes. But it just means we need to start rewatching it all over again and speaking fast in and, on our, in and of ourselves. I can't even do it. It's a good thing I was not cast <laughs> for this show. But as I said, we are going to be going to the Gilmore Girls Fan Fest. It's on October the 21st through 23rd at Kent, Connecticut. We want to see you there. Reach out to us, Mary and Blake, on Facebook. And if you do want to continue to follow Mary and Blake and everything that we do uh, for podcasts and blogs, please go to maryandblake.co and find all of our podcasts, all of our blogs there. We have a Leftovers podcast. We have a podcast that's ongoing called Outlander Cast about Outlander on Stars. We have a parenting podcast called ParentCast, which our second season will be coming back. And uh, we will be talking about our crazy lives with our children and doing all the things that we do with them. Uh, it's insane. <laughs> so uh, so please follow us again, maryandblake.co, and catch up uh, on everything that we're doing. Until next time, ladies and gents, I'm Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to You've Been Gilmard. Love.